who want it from the jump. We came to get exactly what you want. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. Sports show. Came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. Sports show. Came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah. We love you know. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah, yeah. The sports show. Yeah. Yeah. I like it in unison. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Your Sports Show. It is your boy, Big Baby, a.k.a. the soul of R&B. To my right, we have the queen, Queen Tay. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for Matt to comment. Matt's about to say something. Yo, if you came in with a cigarette, I'm good. I'm not, I already know what that's hitting for. <laughs> I'm not, I'm good. I'm good. Um, to my bottom left, we have BK Matt. What's going on, y'all? What's going on, y'all? And to my bottom right, the voice of a generation. Um, our statistician, aka the professor, <laughs> Pete Rosado. I'm sorry, Mike Tanay. I do not mean the copyright infringement. <laughs> but I will, I will, I will gladly be the great, the great, great not white hope. Good, good. <laughs> he said, "Great not white hope." Yeah, the great not white hope. What's that? Ain't that Larry Bird? No, you know what's funny, BK? I gotta put you on to something. We're gonna get to the rest of the show, but I gotta put you, I gotta put you on to something. There's an article that I read. It's actually a chapter of a book that talks about this weird dichotomy between uh, magic and bird. Okay. And how oddly, you know, you have obviously Magic as the, the black guy and, and Bird as the white guy. But, like, their whole life story, it's, like, almost twisted. Where it's, like, mm-hmm. Bird went through the hard life and Magic had, like, the comfy life. And yeah. all these funny things and how their fans are really broken up. I got to put you on it. It's good. I ain't going to hold you. I caught a glimpse of something similar to that with that with the, um, ESPN doc series that they had on them. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm more. I, I get I, like I've seen some of it, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested in reading. I'm about to buy that Jr. book soon too. Yeah, so, um, the black hat. Mm. How's everybody's week been? Who's yeah, it's, it's been long. Yeah, I mean, I had a we had a Monday off uh, at work, but it still felt like a really long week, even though I technically only had a four day work week. It felt really. Uh, really long, and the cold, cold, nasty weather this week has not done any favors yeah, at all. I, I've had a rough week. I've been working 16, 17 hour days since Monday. I'm on this podcast right now. If you ain't seeing the, the, the um the live feed, I'm out here looking like buckwheat right now. Looking like I'm looking like the welfare version of the ASAP mob. It's not looking good right now. I'm and I, and, I, and apparently, according to you, I'm over here looking like Peyton Manning. You just got the the, the white boy swoop. I don't. I've never seen a cat from the Bronx that could do the white boy swoop. You know what it is? Like, I have I have what uh, is called uh, what they call good hair, right? Like I was I was telling you before the show started. Like I had an ex girlfriend who used to tell me she hated my hair because of the fact that I could literally get up in the morning, take water in my hands, and just throw some water in my hair, and my hair would be styled like that. And I could do it any way I want. I could slick it back. I could you know put it part it to the side. I could do whatever I want with my hair and a little bit of water. She's like, I need three hours just to do my hair. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't. I didn't ask for this, but I got it. I put mm-hmm. water in my hair, so wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's a, it's a dead issue. 
I love Chinese food. <laughs> what? What a segue. What a segue. I don't know how yeah. Pete, I don't know how you can segue that, but please get into the um the first segment. Yeah, so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we, we have a we, there's a lot of sports news throughout the week, but we can only cover so much on, on the Your Sports Show. So we're gonna start our shows every single week with the Your Quick Hits, everything we can't cover on the show that happened this week in the world of sports and starting in the NBA. Just because the NBA finals have concluded doesn't mean the big news stopped. After firing Doc Rivers, the Clippers announced last week that they've reached a five-year deal with Tyron Lue to become the next head coach in LA. The lead assistant for the Clippers last year. Lou was last the head coach of the Clavaliers from 16 to 18, including the Cavs championship season, and was the lead assistant under Doc last year. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, in Houston, for the first time in 13 years, Daryl Morey will no longer be the GM of the Rockets as he stepped down last week, citing personal reasons. During his 13-year tenure, the Rockets had the second most wins in the NBA during those 13 years. Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations Raphael Stone will be promoted and becomes only the 10th current black executive to hold the title of general manager in the NBA. All I'm saying is that's got to be something we talk about at some point, right? As for the as for next season, word swirling around the league office is of a possible January start for the new league year, possibly on Martin Luther King Day. Would explain why we're seeing so many MLK alternate jerseys coming out this year. And all signs point to playing a full season, but no word yet on if that includes regular travel or multiple bubbles. In baseball, the AL and NLCS are both reaching a fever pitch as both the Dodgers and the Astros are trying to come back from down 3-0 to win their respective series. Last night, the Astros forced a decisive Game 7 against the Rays, winning 7-4 after a 4-1 barrage in the fifth inning gave them the lead. And the Dodgers forced a Game 6 with a 7-3 victory over the Braves. Game 6 of the NLCS happens today at 4.30 on FS1, with the Braves still having a 3-2 to two lead. So the Braves could win this series if they win Game 6 tonight. And Game 7 of the Astros and Rays goes down at 8.30 on TBS. Remember, only one team in history has come back from down 3-0 in a seven-game baseball series, that being the 2004 Red Sox against the Yankees on their way to their first title in 86 years. Please don't bring that back up. I don't even like saying it because I, I was there for that, right? That's one, two. Who I told, in the hell I told him. We would I told him. I told him he had to say it. Honestly, and, and honestly, right now, who in the hell would ever thought we'd be saying the fucking Braves are about to like really the yeah. Braves. Lastly, after having to withdraw from the St. Petersburg Open in Russia after testing positive for COVID-19, Sam Querrey, the 49th ranked player in the world, has actually fled Russia and the ATP is investigating this fleeing of the country. And last tonight, tonight, it comes to a head on ESPN, the war of words finally ends with fists when undefeated IBF light heavyweight champion Tiafimo Lopez goes one-on-one against the WBA and WBO champion Vasel Lomachenko. This battle has been one that's been going on in, in, in words for a long time. And finally, we're going to see whether Lopez can give Lomachenko his second loss in his career or if Lomachenko gives Tiafimo his first ever defeat in a boxing ring. 
Was it like wow. 14 wins and 10 knockouts, homeboy guy, right? Yes. 14 and 0 with 10 knockouts. And the other no, one, 14, 15. 15 no, and 1 at and... Lomachenko. Yeah, Lomachenko, um, you know his um what his uh what is it his Olympic record? No, his amateur record was like 395 and one or 375 and one, something like that. Um he's 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 pound for pound the best lightweight right now. So we we this is definitely a fight that that is going to to be a test of power because Lopez has knockout power for a lightweight, a lot of knockout power for a lightweight. But I cannot wait. Because you light as a feather, you can't knock people out. No, a lot a lot of a lot of lightweights, as you can see in current boxing, don't have the same power he does. Yeah. So. And that but, is, th- those have been your your quick hits for episode thirty five, sponsored by, oh, well, no one. We, my, we Chinese food. Yet, but, my Chinese food. My Chinese But food. if you're interested in sponsoring the Your Sports Show and our Your Quick Hits, uh, we would be more than happy uh, to, to to take on a sponsorship. Most yeah, definitely, so I can most pay definitely. For my Chinese food. <laughs> anyway, from from going to one big fight field to another, let's go into SmackDown and let's start with. We're going to start and go backwards, matter of fact. Let's start with just the main event of SmackDown in general. The main event storyline with uh, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. But tonight's last night's main event of SmackDown was Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. We've seen this match before, and they have great chemistry. But um, the way they're building up Roman, uh, amazing having him beat having him beat Braun the way they did. And the aftermatch. Things with um with Jay and Roman, they're building the storyline to be one of the best storylines of the year, and it's been so, so, so. It hasn't been that long. It really just hasn't been as long as, as like like a Bailey Sasha, which is still good, which that is coming to a head. But uh, what do you guys think, real quick, about um like the ending of SmackDown with Roman and and and, and Jay? Um, start with you, Matt. Um, I want to go as far as saying like the best storyline of the year. I still think um, Cena and, and the Fiend kind of has that on lock as far as WWE, but it is a very intriguing storyline. I like how they are trying their hardest to make it seem like Jay is strong enough to actually compete in this match, especially it being the Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I love the way that they they ended off SmackDown with Jay, but. I'm, I'm like I said, I, I get the family aspect of it. It's interesting, it's intriguing, but I just can't take it too much serious because I just don't think Jay is capable of being Roman Reigns. So I mean, it's cool. I loved it. I just, I'm just, I'm just suspending disbelief for for the story, but I know what it. I know what I know. That's pretty much what it is. Tay, your thoughts. So, um. What intrigues me, and it is, I think, one of the best storylines coming out of the year, because Cena and Fiend really didn't have a storyline. They had a couple of interactions, maybe one interaction on SmackDown, and then a hell of a WrestleMania movie match. But um, getting back to Jay and Roman, what is intriguing about this storyline is that even though we know that the Samoan type of dynasty has had such an impact on the wrestling business, this is the first time we're kind of seeing how prideful and how important the culture of the Samoan culture is to Samoans in wrestling. 
you know what I'm saying? By saying I'm the chief, I'm the head of the table, I'm this. Normally, someone being Samoan in our era has been kind of like a a secondary piece, not something that's like right there. And I think it's really culturally relevant. And I think that it's really important. Um, I'm more intrigued by the dynamic between the two than I am about the title in this situation. I don't. I think the title kind of even plays second fiddle to it, which is really which is really cool because you don't want. We know that Jay isn't going to beat Roma for the title. So by by harping on something else with it, I think it kind of makes it intriguing. Yeah. Pete, your thoughts? Um, I definitely love the. I'm loving so far the Jay and Roman story, and um, I'm really hoping it continues this momentum because I was really hyped for a possible Roman Fiend story, and obviously that got changed with the draft with uh, the Fiend going to to Monday Night Raw. Um, so I'm really hoping that the the uh, a, the quick abortion of that storyline leads to a really great storyline. It's the word, right? That's what it is, right? It, it is it is an abortion, right? We abort the storyline. Um, you know, so so that that's I'm really hoping that it turns out to be a really good thing. Here's the only thing I didn't like. I didn't like that it was Roman and Braun last night. The reason being because we knew the outcome before the match started, right? Yeah. And and I really don't necessarily like matches like that. I like to have a little bit of wiggle room. Like even if I think I know what's gonna happen, I like to be able to have a little bit of wiggle room in what I and what I think might happen. And with Braun going to Raw, um, we knew like there's no way that Braun was going to beat Roman last night and, and take, and take the title. And again, I get that all of these matches have our predetermined outcomes, but at the end of the day, I'd like to see a match where shit, you never know, right? You, you never know. Just like even, even with Jay and Roman part one, even though I fully expected Roman to win, there were moments going into that match. Where I was like, shit, what would happen if Jay wins? Right. What, what could this could this could happen? Right. Um, definitely couldn't see that last night. Um, big takeaway from that match for me. I loved how Roman didn't win with the spear. Yes. Roman, Roman won with the submission victory. The yes. guillotine choke. Um, I don't know if it's a permanent change for his character where he's going to have the submission with the spear. And so now he has two finishers. Um, I don't know if it's going to be something where uh, if it's because of the I quit match, they needed to get a submission for Roman so that he yeah. can get Jay to quit because he doesn't really have other than a beat down, no other way for Jay to quit previously. Um, and I also don't know if maybe it had something to do with the fact that Braun fought Goldberg for the title, right? And Goldberg hit him with all those spears and they were just like, we don't want to kind of call back to that right now um even though there was that whole interaction on twitter uh between goldberg and stroman and, and, and roman and everything but i like the fact that they're they're adding some layers to roman's in-ring work which is really cool yes yes indeed indeed uh from there we go down to uh sasha and bailey there was a contract signing and uh, uh sasha signed the contract bailey did it and this reminded us and and um, shouts to Mr. Darius Carter of um, Battle Club Pro angle with Darius Carter and Sir Wilkins to where Sir Wilkins signed the contract, Darius Carter didn't, and the match didn't happen, essentially. But in this case, I feel like it's going to be a more brutal way for Bailey to get that contract signed. So I'm going to start with you, um, Queen. What are your thoughts on 
Bailey just not signing and and pretty much um, leaving SmackDown in suspense, whether the match is going to happen or not. Well, this I think it's really good because a lot of Bailey's reign depended on Sasha basically bailing her out in the last moment. So now you're kind of making her afraid of Sasha. You know what I'm saying? Hence, me, I feel personally that Sasha's going to take the belt from her. At, uh, uh-huh. Hell and Cell. Hell and Cell, yes. Yeah. So um, I like that angle. It's something different. You know what I'm saying? I want to see how Sasha's going to make her sign that contract. Agreed, agreed. Pete, your thoughts? Um, I kind of agree with Tay that I feel like they're going down the road of Sasha taking it. I've been very vocal on this show about the fact that I feel like this should probably get drawn out a little bit longer. I like the fact that, you know, I don't want Sasha to get it too quickly. Um, you know, I would like to see her continue to chase Bailey, um, you know, for a little while and either let's have the title change happen at the Rumble or you know, pull it all the way to mania if you really want to go that far uh, next year. But, you know, you can have some things happen in between. I do see an interesting thing happen mm-hmm. where here's the thing. Sasha is very desirous to have this match. And Bailey's kind of playing it off like, yeah, I don't need to do it, right? What if Bailey signs a contract for the match? But, and Sasha signs it because like, right, screw it. I'm going to sign it. Mm-hmm. And the match happens, and Sasha wins, but it's not for the title. And Bailey screws her that way. And Bailey's like, okay, you beat me, but I'm still champ. I still walked out with the title. Um, and so Sasha gets her match because we, we're going to get the match. Uh, Sasha gets her, quote, revenge. But that story can still kind of keep going because now you can take it a little bit further and add so many layers to it because you could have, like, Adam Pierce. By the way. I'm loving the fact that WWE has given Adam Pierce so much run. He's awesome. He is a great dude. I remember watching him on the Indies, and I, he was always one of those guys. I remember was like, "Oh man, he's got the look, but he'll never, he'll never get there, right?" And I'm glad he's getting some kind of shine, even though it's not in the ring. Um, I like that he's getting some kind of shine as an authority figure for the WWE because it's fresh, it's new, it's not a big man. Um. But um, I'd like to see it, you know, maybe pulled a little further. Maybe somewhere it's like Adam Pierce is like, well, Sasha's like, oh, she screwed me. He's like, yeah, but technically you got what you wanted, right? You got your match, you beat her, right? And so have kind of things where now Sasha has to do other things to get. I'm tired of that. I'm sorry, Sasha's the only woman and the four horse woman that that is consistently chasing and has not had really a memorable title ring at all. It's her time. I mean, part of that I think is because Sasha was injured for a lot of a lot of times. She would get injured real quick. A lot of times she was back and forth with. with, um, She would win the title and drop it, yeah, and then lose it at a pay per view. I'm I'm ready for Sasha to take the belt from Bailey at this point because now you see I agree with you originally about trying to continue the slow burn, but now that I see it, it's like it's Sasha's time. It has to be. I, I would ask. I'm gonna. I'm gonna can, I, can I leave a hanging question in the air for you, Queen, before we yeah. go to Matt? Mm-hmm. If Sasha does take it, I, I can't see Bailey chasing Sasha. So what happens with Bailey, right? I think that's the big question, right? But I want. I want to let, yeah, let Matt get his time. She's been, she been uh, the women's champion for over a year. There's oh, so I agree with that. Women, you know this this storyline between the two of them is tying up 
the potential for other women to kind of step into the championship, you know, um, spotlight. You know, they have a, a wealth of talent. They've had a wealth of talent on the SmackDown roster for a while. And I'm ready to see, like, Bianca. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. I, I need Bianca on my screen every week. I'm ready. Amen. Amen. BK, your thoughts? Um, I agree with both of them in a sense. Um, <clears throat> Pete, I do feel like they're going to draw this out because, again, we don't know the timetable when Charlotte will be back. We don't know the timetable for when Becky will probably eventually come back. So right now, what's what's carrying that women division right now is the Bailey and, and, and Sasha feud. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's the match that everybody really wants to see because of what they accomplished in NXT with the Brooklyn with the Brooklyn um marathon and then the hour. What was it an hour? Or was it a half an hour Iron Woman match? That they I had? think it was a half, half hour. hour. Yeah. Half hour. Yeah. Half hour. Half hour. Yeah. But those two are magic together. So I mean, I feel like it is going to be drawn out a little bit. Granted, what makes those matches so special and so great is the fan participation with it. So I'm, I, I, the, the only option they really do is to draw it out. I get what Tavia is saying with what do you do with Bailey if Sasha wants his title because Bailey's the heel. She, she's not supposed to really ch- technically chase. You have no sympathy for a heel to chase for the title. So how does that help the women division in, on SmackDown? You have your major players like Bianca Belair, who, are they, who they are selling the hell out of. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a vignette about her pretty much like every week, every week, and, and we don't get a lot of vignettes anymore. Which and exactly. I really like the fact that we're doing that with Bianca. And it's well done. You really like. Granted, we all care about Bianca Belair because we know what she's. We we know what type of major player she was on 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 NXT. It's bigger than just the she's a beautiful black woman thing. It's it's a she's a great talent thing. Oh yeah, so they like, did. Yeah, yeah, so it's like maybe you got Bianca doing the Big E thing where he's he's fighting like former world champions to add stock to his cause to becoming that that championship player. Because mark my words, like Corey Gray said last night, within a year Bianca Belair is going to be champion, and I'm sticking I, with that. But I can go ahead, Matt. Continue. But uh, I like. What they did with Bailey, hopefully, it, it, I, I like Pete's scenario of it where she signs it, but she had the stipulation and it wasn't for the title. So I, I like that aspect. And Adam Pierce being there, it adds more flavor to it because maybe he agrees to Bailey's suggestion of the change of the contract, but adds a little twist to it to where now if Sasha wins, Bailey has to defend her title at another pay per view type. Type deal where it's already proven that Sasha is capable of beating Bailey. But go ahead, Dre. No, I, I agree with you. I was going to say I agree with you 100% about Bianca. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bianca wins the Rumble this year. Mm. I wouldn't. I, I can see it. Charlotte. But yeah. Are Charlotte they going to go back to back, though, with Charlotte? Why not? I mean, they, they could. could. They, they could, especially if she makes like a Cena esque comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I How agree. long is she supposed to be out for anyway? She's been out Charlotte. for a while. She just got drafted. I mean, she just got drafted. 
That's what I'm telling you. She was so, the only injured competitor to get drafted. And technically, usually, injured superstars are not on the draft list. Right. Yeah. So something's cooking with Charlotte. Yeah. Right. Like she's coming back, but we don't know when necessarily. Um, I, mean, I will. And, I will and oh, Raw ahead, would need it. Yeah. Raw would need yeah. it. Raw 100%. would need it. Austin is a challenger. My thing is funny though. I will say something bigger, something bigger, and I, and I know Tago, Tago, and jump on me for it. I don't necessarily, and I think she's doing great work so far. I don't personally necessarily buy Sasha as a babyface. But is she a babyface though? Right now, I don't even technically in this story because Bailey's the heel. So if you're looking at in the microcosm of the story. Bailey's the Bailey's the the bad guy, and 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 Sasha's positioned as like getting she got turned on. You know she's who we're giving the sympathy to. So in like basic old school wrestling terms, she's the baby face. Wait, she may not necessarily be a full baby face, um, but she's the person we're giving that sympathy to because she was turned on by her best friend. And Sasha's selling the story of like I wasn't gonna turn on you, Bailey, right? So um, and then she got attacked. And she was injured, and you know, so technically, in the microcosm of it, she's the baby face. But I don't necessarily buy personally, and this could change based on how she's presented moving forward. I just, I like Sasha. She's one of those people who just works a thousand times better to me as a heel than a baby face. Uh, just to me, we, I agree with that, of course, but at the end of the day. I, I don't I don't feel like she is garnering sympathy from anybody. It's just I feel like she's it's just her time. You know, I'm tired of she was chasing against um Charlotte, Oscar. chasing against oh. this person, chasing against that person. And I feel that out of the the, the four horsewomen as as the um wrestling fans call it, you know, she is equally talented to the other three. Mm-hmm. And oh, I feel mm-hmm. like everybody has had their their time in the in the spotlight. And it's her time. Whether it's a heel baby, I don't care. The thing is you can go a million ways with Sasha and it'll all fit. Can I ask a question before y'all before y'all switch up? Yeah now I was gonna throw a joke in there, but go ahead Matt. Quickly which feud, quickly which which feud were you more in in, in like in depth in so, this year with Bailey, or the last year with with Charlotte? Oh, this with Bailey for me. Um, I don't know what it is. I love yeah. Charlotte. I love Charlotte. Uh, you know, I've I've uh, I, I've uh, actually met her in person a couple of times. She's a fantastic person as well, and she's a great wrestler, great athlete. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's just the way the fact that the W. I think the fact the way that the WWE presents her sometimes I think has bored me a little bit of her. Uh, and so her feuds kind of like aren't that. I loved her feud with Rhea. I'll give I'll give you that. I love her feud with Rhea more than I kind of love her feud with Sasha. Um, but Sasha and Bailey for me, one thousand percent. Um, Charlotte takes anything and makes it into gold, man. I love. I mean, I like the Sasha Bailey storyline as somebody who's like trying to look at it, just you know, not as invested. You know what I'm saying? I like it, but anything. I, I always everybody synonymizes Sasha and Bailey because of their NXT takeover match and stuff like that. But I always loved the chemistry between Charlotte and um Sasha. 
Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna I throw a quick joke in there real quick. I was gonna say, you know, we talk about Sasha. Uh, it's Sasha's time, right? Uh, and so my question is, uh, uh, if she wrestled Tony Storm, whose time is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're speaking of time, and we we talk about. But well, I should uh, real quick, Dre, Sadiq, I, I, uh, I, one thousand percent respect your opinion, bro. But no. I cannot agree with you on that at all. Nobody. I don't think she sucks as a wrestler or a superstar. I may be bored with her a little bit sometimes, but I do not think that she sucks in any regard as a wrestler or a superstar. Um, and so, um, who are we? We're, we're not getting in the ring every week. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. that yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the end of the day, I hate it. Because yeah. watch the damn show. Like, you're not putting your body on the line every week for everybody's enjoyment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you can't comment on somebody's in-ring ability who will probably beat you up in a ring and in real life. Like, get, yeah. get real here. True, true. Dre, Dre go ahead. You know? I just wanted to throw that joke in there because I thought that was hilarious. Uh, going from there, we have to. Um, oh man, <laughs> y'all messed me up real quick. I'm not gonna lie. Sasha and um, Tony, bro, that's the thing. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking about it, but from there, um, the New Day defeated um Cesaro, Shinsuke, and Sheamus. Um, that was the New Day's last match for the time being together. Um. I, we wish them nothing but the best best on, on both brands, obviously. Um, Seth got beat up by the Mysterio um, family and and um, their Amber. new son-in-law, Murphy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Street Profits defeated Dolph and um, Robert Roode via disqualification. Oh, and that, that is definitely going to continue. And Let's go to the um, one thing that um, that's been going around the past couple of days. Fox put out a list about um, top five SmackDown superstars of the all list. time. So it started with number five being Eddie Guerrero, number four being Edge. Um, off the top of my head, who was number three? Three was AJ. Three was AJ. Two yeah. was Taker, and one, and one was Rock. And one was The Rock. Um, so before before we get into it all, right? I just want to throw three names out there. I, I was because you said it circulated, and a couple of my friends have kind of contacted me about it. There's yes, three people, there's three people that I feel like a lot of people have been mentioning, and I'm going to throw it out there as part of the initial question that you're going to ask, Dre. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle. Yes. Um, and now I'm forgetting who the third one was. Um, Cena. JBL. Sorry, no. Definitely JBL. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, hold on. Those three names. Those are the three big names that I've seen bandied about as like names that should be on this list for other people. There's two people missing. A hundred. Three people missing. But I get, I agree yeah. with JBL. JBL was on my list, right? For mm-hmm. people honorable mentions, I feel that AJ should have been ranked a little lower. Mm-hmm. Eddie ranked a little higher, Definitely. and you can't talk about SmackDown. I think Batista carried SmackDown for a long time too. I I, I want to say an unpopular. I'm gonna say an unpopular opinion. And, and I, cool. Yeah, 
Lake Not really. They were, they were the they were carrying the the women's division for a long time. You say yeah. Lake Cool, and I raise you Vicky Guerrero. But she's not an in ring competitor, though. Right. But she was the main. She was the main. She was the biggest heel that they had on that show. Right. But the thing she, is, you can't. You can't. All right. Just because I'm saying Lake Cool doesn't disrespect or disregard Vicky. The thing right. is, I don't understand why there were no women on this list at all. I truly don't believe, and this is an unpopular opinion. I don't think Rock should be number one. He's na- the show's named after. I hear that, and that, without that, the Rock, the is, there probably reason. is no SmackDown. Without the Rock, we can legitimately make the argument there probably is no SmackDown. And with the Beyond the the McMahon Helmsley faction versus the Rock was the biggest storyline on SmackDown for for the first two. I would say when Austin was gone. See, this is when I was watching. Right now, the teenager, right. The McMahon-Helmsley faction with The Rock was the cornerstone of SmackDown. With, with them and Jericho, the debut, was the cornerstone of SmackDown for the first two or three years of the show. If I'm not mistaken, first SmackDown's first episode on UPN, which yeah. was like... Channel 9. Right, on Channel 9, UPN. Right, And, and this was a funny thing. They didn't even know if SmackDown was going to be a regular show. They no. only aired one episode. episode and then three months later, three, four right. months later, that, that's when, because SmackDown first aired in, like, in April of 99. Right. So and if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. The Rock was actually laid out and beat down in the closing segment yes. of the first episode of SmackDown. Yes, he was. And to me, that was a big thing because it was like, holy crap. This is guy that's probably the biggest star in the WWE right now, and they're gonna end this episode with him being laid out and beat down in the ring. Um, so to me, it was big. Again, I think we can make the argument that without The Rock, there probably is maybe no. Maybe not number right one. Maybe uh, not number one. And Matt, I get what you. I get your point because after that type of stretch, you get what I'm saying. Like they had like this, what they call the SmackDown Six. That kind mm-hmm. of you SmackDown know, five. Mm-hmm. five that kind of carried yeah. it for years. You know what I'm saying? But then you also you can't deny that there were other people that were kind of snubbed. Like like I said, mm-hmm. Batista. Rock could have been an emeritus, like probably not on the list, but recognized mm-hmm. as like an emeritus for and the where's my boy Jinder Mahal. Don't hinder the gender. All right, all right, all right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Let me say something. People were, people were, that was one of the shocking moments for in years. I love gender. I love, I do, I'm a big, I'm a big gender home fan myself. Um, Unpopular opinion for me, I don't think AJ should even be ranked in the top five. Not yet. only because he's still so relatively new. And I think the big part about it is, yes, he's been great for what he's done on SmackDown recently. I freaking love AJ Styles as a wrestler. I follow, I think, most, if not all of his career. Um, But I don't think when you stack him up against the names that we have and the resumes that they have and the time served, I think that's where AJ kind of falls back a bit, right? I do think Eddie belongs on that list, and I will say that I will have a lot of bias as to the fact that Eddie belongs on that list. Um, I think The Undertaker belongs on that list. Those, to me, are my two cornerstones that don't move off of that list. I could replace Edge. 
I could replace AJ, and I could go with the argument that The Rock should be probably higher than one as like an emeritus pick, but doesn't have to necessarily be number one. And if but The Rock, yeah, why the emeritus pick? If we're going to talk about people that carried the brand of SmackDown, Rock was on Raw. He wasn't on SmackDown. He was on SmackDown. Yeah, this is a roster. I'm talking about the draft, but I'm talking about as far as the draft. And we talking well, about top talking five. About the, we're about the fact of we're talking about the fact of importance, right? You think, think of SmackDown? Who do you think of? When you think of SmackDown, as an I would say, as somebody who doesn't watch wrestling, right? When you think of the word SmackDown, that word was was basically coined by The Rock, right? And the thing is, in 99, when SmackDown was kind of coming into its own, was starting to become the second show of the week for WWE, WWF at the time, um, Stone Cold was injured. And they had sure. to kind of build their, their big storyline. Their storylines concluded on SmackDown, which The Rock was basically the main event player of that show for the first two, I would say the first two years. Until the uh, WWE, WCW people came in. To me, sure. JBL's got to be on the list because he is recognized forever as the longest reigning smack, the longest reigning champion in SmackDown history. I think JBL's rise and ascendancy to the main event carried SmackDown for a number of years. Um, and I think if we're going to put Eddie on the list, JBL has to be on the list because JBL leads right into Eddie, right? Uh, and I also think Brock. As well, Brock needs to be on that list. There is no debate that Brock Lesnar, bring the pain Brock Lesnar, young Paul Heyman managed Brock Lesnar, carried that SmackDown brand for a while. And again, yeah, with that same p- argument to go to the Rock then. And again, I'm not saying Rock shouldn't be listed, but I think Rock is one of those guys that kind of like in this argument transcends the brand. Right, he is the brand, and so I don't know if necessarily he needs to be number one. He can be an emeritus where he's just like we recognize him as the reason why all of this exists. Now, who are the top five under under him? Right, and so I think for me, it's it's JBL, it's Eddie, it's Taker, it's uh, Brock. Um, and if I have to choose between uh, Edge and AJ Styles, I would probably put Edge. Uh, above AJ just because of, of of like oh sorry Kurt Angle was another one that was mentioned uh, a lot uh, I make the joke like uh, only if it's sexy Kurt but you know Kurt Angle uh, could de- definitely be on that list as well as one of the top five to me my definite four are Taker Brock JBL and Eddie and fifth could be open for me so um, before we move on I just want one opinion from each of you. Um, if you had to replace one person with uh, another person that we named, who would it be? Um, so Tay, who would you replace off that list and put and put in this place? Um, I would replace um, AJ Styles with either Lay Cool or Batista. Okay, Matt, I would replace AJ for Kurt Angle. That's good. And Pete. Uh, I'm going AJ for JBL. Uh, for me, I'm replacing eight. I'm replacing AJ with um with Booker. Yeah. King Booker. 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 That was my boy. So we we go from um probably the best five 
in SmackDown history to probably the best three in football, where we talk about the undefeated, the three undefeateds that's playing this weekend. Um, out of the the three undefeated, well, it's four of them, but um, the what well, the Seahawks aren't playing this week. So between the Steelers, Titans, and Packers, who has a chance to lose first? Um, Pete, we'll start with you. <sighs> well, to me, I think it's the well. The Titans already lost. Yeah. Oh no! Sorry, oh, Titans, Titans beat, sorry. Titans beat the no. Bills. I apologize. I got that wrong. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, my big thing is probably going to be no. Um, this week, I don't think either one of them lose. I think the team that's in the most trouble this week is Green Bay against Tampa Bay. I don't think either one of them lose this week. Um, but if I had to say the team that's probably most likely to lose is I'm going to go with the Packers. And here's why. A long-term team to lose first. I think mm-hmm. the Packers are, as they've always been, really still a one-dimensional team. They're all offense, all Aaron Rodgers. They really don't have uh, that, that great of a running game, and their defense is still kind of porous. I think the Steelers have a really good defense and a solid offense. The Titans, I think their, their, their offense really shocks a lot of people because I think a lot of people don't realize that they have an offense after you get past Derrick Henry. Um, and they really do have a really good offense, and their their defense is pretty solid as well. So I think of those three teams, the Packers are probably the first to lose, and it could probably come this week, but I don't think it will. Gotcha. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? Who's the first uh, one to lose? Honestly, I I don't. Hmm. Honestly, I I don't think the pack. I think Aaron Rodgers is too special. I think he's gonna he's gonna come he's gonna he's gonna go over Tampa Bay, but I do I do see your point, Pete. But I'm picking the Titans. I think the Titans might be the first to lose. I think y'all. I think y'all. Who are they facing this week? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Titans are facing the uh, the Texans this week. The Texans. That's, yeah. Oh, they about to beat the hell. They about to beat the hell out of the Texans. I'm not saying this week. I'm saying I think they'll be the first. I don't think they'll be the first to lose. I don't think the Packers are losing in Tampa Bay. And the I think funny that's thing the is, yeah, the Titans' upcoming games. Um, it's going to be very interesting because here's the thing: one of these three teams that we just mentioned is going to lose in Week Seven. I can guarantee you that because they face each other. Steelers Titans face each other week seven, uh, so one of them is going to lose uh, at, at the very least in week seven. Um, imagine if they tie. Queen, <laughs> Queen, your thoughts? Who's going to be the first to lose um, out of those three? Um, it's a toss up for me between the the Packers. Honestly, because my thing is with Aaron Rodgers. He's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like within like week six, five, six, and seven, that's when he kind of kind of falters a bit. Yes. Traditionally in his in his career. You hear a lot about him in the beginning and a lot about him at the end. But in the middle is where he gets shaky. You know what I'm saying? So they're in trouble. Um, can I can I mention something, Tay? Yo, and I want to mention this for Dre as well. Mm-hmm. If the Packers don't lose to Tampa Bay this week, if they mm-hmm. defeat Tampa Bay this week, we could legitimately make an argument that 
Green Bay has the best chance to go 16-0 and this season. What is their schedule? The remaining game, schedule? they play the Bucks this week. They play the Texans after that. They play the Vikings, the 49ers, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Bears, the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, the Titans, and they end the season with the Bears. So unless the Bears give them any kind of trouble, which I don't think the defense is that good to give Green Bay that much trouble, and I think Green Bay can outscore them easily, the hardest game they have on their schedule is probably the game against the Titans. So if they don't lose to Tampa Bay this week, we could legitimately make a case they have the softest remaining schedule to go 16-0. and I think for me, honestly, the Steelers might lose this week. Who are they playing? playing? The Browns, who are four and one. The Browns are four and one. You do remember. <laughs> you do. Rem- you do realize, Trey. Yes, and I, I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. Yes, this is the first time Miles Garrett and the Steelers have been uh, facing each other since that incident. But I think that will motivate the Browns more than it will the Steelers. So I th- and they're getting Odell back. Not saying Odell has oh, been a world. Odell back. Not not saying Odell has been a world beater the past you know the past year or so. But I'm saying that would help. I'm surprised help. BK Matt. I'm surprised BK isn't a, a huge Odell fan because Odell in football to me is 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 just like his favorite basketball player. I'm telling you. We're trying to keep ourselves. We're trying to keep ourselves in line on time. Don't do this. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Do Odell this. Beckham is the Kyrie Irving of the NFL. I can see oh, that. You mean, you mean talented? You, you mean talented? talented? You no, talented, talented, but he talks too much. And bailing superstars out. You're right. One hundred percent. Odell was supposed yes. to be the superstar. Yes. Yes. Mm. Bell, mm. in and out. No, yes. Odell was supposed to be the superstar, though. That's the difference. After that one hand catch, he was supposed to be like the next coming of Christ. Did he bring them a hold on? Who uh did he bring them a Super Bowl? Who? Oh. Did, did Odell bring the Giants a Super Bowl? My boys was partying on the yacht the day before their Green Bay team and got embarrassed. Oh wait, oh wait, wait, wait. That was Mario. That was Mario Manningham, who nobody remembers, and my alumni David Tyree, who nobody remembers, uh, who bailed the Giants out. Superstar. Let's stop, let's stop let's saying stop it, all right, that's gonna be my bring it to the table. Let's stop it, bring <laughs> bailing superstars out. Because at the end of the day, it's a team damn game. It is. Yeah, but Eli wasn't. Let me be honest with you too. Eli was not considered a superstar before he got that first ring. And still, there was no respect put on Eli's name throughout his whole entire career. I the, refuse to respect that. The Giants straight buns right now. You get what I'm saying for the past couple of years, and people wanted to blame it on Eli, and it's not Eli. You know why, right? You know why they're buns, right? They're trying to get that draft position to get ready to draft Arch Manning. Yeah, but they, 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 they've been buns for the past, like, four, three, two, three years. They're going to be buns for six yeah, years. they got to be, yeah, yeah, be terrible for six years. Yeah, like, Arch Manning. Like, come on. But um, at the end of the day, um, I think the Titans are in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think the um, – well, no, the Titans are going to beat the Texans, I think, to me. Yeah. But I think that the um, – the Packers are in trouble. 
Aaron Rodgers is damn good. Aaron Rodgers is damn good. And Green Bay is, excuse me, is in my top three teams, favorite teams. But we got to look at his middle of the season stats. Mm. It always tells a different story. Well, well, we go from from those picks to our pick five. Yep. Um, cur- currently, um, Tay and and Pete are in the lead at four and zero. Last week, um, there was a, a game that was rescheduled. If I'm not mistaken, which one was it? Yeah, that the uh, the, ta- the the Patriots game. So we we have those picks held, and that that game when yeah. it is played, our picks will apply to that game. Right, so it was four and zero for uh, they're four and zero. Me and Matt are three and one. Um, we messed up on the Steelers and uh, I mean well, Matt, the Saints, the Saints Chargers, uh, because the Chargers were supposed to win that game and yeah. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> in my opinion, Justin Herbert, rookie of the year. Yeah, that man he, right he might now, be right now, rookie of the year in my opinion. I think so too, and I for the Chargers, it's kind of hard. To 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 root really just root against them because they're in so many games and they lose games by one score, by one score. Yeah, Herbert has played top level elite quarterbacks in his first four games, and he has stood toe to toe, throw to throw with them. Yeah, like it it is amazing how he's staying composed and not he's not making too many mistakes. Yeah, he's not, um. But I will pick five for this week. Bills, Chiefs. Um, let's go. I'll start it off. I'm going to say the um, the Chiefs. They need to make up for last week. Tay? Uh, uh, I'll go with Chiefs. Matt? I hate you, Adam Gase. Oh, he's picking the Chiefs. Got it. <laughs> we we all we all picking the Chiefs. Uh, and I also I agree with Matt. I hate you, Adam Gase. I, in the word in the words of D- of the mighty Dave Chappelle, I hope all of the worst things in life happen to you and only you. Hate, 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 hate. And in the words of BK Matt, I hope you. Wait, wait. That's what I hope. <laughs> Yeah, yo, know, it's funny because I'm I'm here, Matt, about to say the words of BK Matt. I'm just my eyes are just lighting up, like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> we ain't <laughs> never gonna get a sponsor now. <laughs> but um, Bucks, pa- um, Bucks Packers, um, I say Bucks. Tay, Bucks, Matt, I'm going Green Bay. Hey, my boy Justin, who's a very big Tampa Bay fan, is going to hate me. That's my brother. He's celebrating his anniversary this weekend. And I'm very sorry, but I'm picking against your boys. I'm picking against the Bucks. I'm taking Green Bay in this game. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm actually sick and tired of seeing uh, Tom Brady win. I'm not sick and tired of seeing Tampa Bay win. I'm sick and tired of seeing Tampa, Tampa of, of Brady win it. Mm. Uh, Titans, Texans. I'm going with... The Titans, um, yeah, because the Texans suck. <laughs> Tay, you too? Yeah, I'm going with the Titans. Same. And that's a clean sweep for us. I'm taking the Titans as well. I feel bad, though. I do feel bad for Deshaun Watson. Ah, oh, man. 
Oh man, that's a whole story in itself. <laughs> like um Brown Steelers, I'm gonna go with the Browns. It's I'm rare. Wrong with the Steelers. <laughs> wrong with the Steelers too. Uh oh yeah, I'm 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 going with the Steelers, man. We can't I am not I, I don't have faith to take the Browns in that kind of a game. Yo, what the Steelers are doing this season. Talk about yeah. putting respect on people's names, Tay. So you and you talk about it a lot, putting respect on people's names. Not no, enough. We've people had this discussion about yeah. Mike Tomlin in the past, and yeah, a, few not a few times, people. a few times, because <laughs> what he's been able to do with nothing is a lot more than what a lot of coaches could do with something. And mm-hmm. um, last year they had like the seventeenth string reporting from the supermarket grocery store. As their starting quarterback, and he still had a, a scary run, you know. Then now with um Big Ben, you know his clock is kind of slowing down right now. So I'd like to see one last hurrah. I will say though, this isn't the first time the Steelers have always done well with like quarterbacks they get out of nowhere because people forget what they did with Tommy Maddox. Mm. Who? Exactly. Exactly. But that's what most most fans would say. But Tommy Maddox was listen between Cordell Stewart and Big Ben. People forget the Tommy Maddox years were actually very good. It's funny because I when they they say they've been picked up the seventeenth man. That reminds me, and um, I'm sorry, Knicks fans, but how where they picked up John Starks? (laughs) How they picked up John Starks? You just reminded me of something. Uh, John Starks took him there. But before we get to before we yeah, get next to the topic. Last pick, oh. before we get to the last pick, before we get to the last pick, Dre, you just reminded me of something I was reading earlier today. Uh-huh. There are rumors swirling around that Mr. Anthony himself may be welcome back to New York. Next topic. Oh. Talking about Anthony, Carmelo Anthony, right? Yep. Yes. They had a list of the greatest Denver players of all time, and he was not included on that, and that was a major sub. And Portland I, then made a joke post about it and put him on the list of the greatest Blazers of all time. So, 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 um, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going to get to that. And the last pick, because I, I, I want to touch on that real quick. Um, Bears and Panthers. Uh, I'm going with the Bears. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The Bears uh, are real for me. I, I I think the Bears the Bears run has got to end at some point. Uh, I like the Panthers, but and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the pick a little bit off the the beaten path. I'm gonna take the Panthers, and here's why. One, I, I'm gonna continue to say it, and I may be wrong at the end of the season for this. I don't think the Bears are legitimate. I do not think the Bears are legitimate. I cannot I, I cannot believe that the Bears are legitimate. But please define what you mean by legitimate. Do you mean like I, a legitimate threat for the Super Bowl, or just like a legitimate team that can compete? You gotta be. You gotta be. Clear and what I think I think this is the 2020 version with a better quarterback, but the 2020 version of the Rex Grossman Bears. I don't think they are what their record says says they are. I don't think they're as good as their record. Their record may be what it is. I don't think they are as good as their record in reality uh, on the field. They 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 are what they are, but I don't think that's that's what they really are. Uh, Are you saying they're good or bad? I think they're a mediocre team who right now is getting a lot of breaks. Wow. Um, that is very I'm, deep. 
I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Panthers. Um, wow. I think Bridgewater Bridgewater's been doing much better as as the weeks have progressed. And I, and uh, people forget, even though they don't have McCaffrey right now, McCaffrey will not be playing in this game. Uh, Mike Davis, who is the lead running back right now for the Carolina Panthers with McCaffrey out, was a running back on the Chicago Bears team last year. So don't be surprised if he knows exactly how to attack that defensive front seven. I'm taking the Panthers. True, true. And I'd be, and I'll be happy if I'm yeah. wrong. Uh-oh. I'm wrong, but I'm gonna take the Panthers anyway. You are not okay. welcome in the city of Chicago. You know that, right? I, I don't <laughs> care if they got shitty pizza anyway. Oh, it could be worse. It could be Utah. lasagna. It's not pizza. It could be worse. It could be Utah's. So what it did to Jordan. So speaking <laughs> of that, because. Y'all, y'all made that one hard. I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> y'all made that one hard. But um, um, just to touch on on the um the, the mellow nuggets thing, that the Twitter post was about um who are your favorite nuggets of all time, and it showed a picture, it showed a graphic, but mellow wasn't in the graphic. That's why um NBA um the Trailblazers put mellow in their graphic. Even George um, spoke about it. Yeah. And George Cole be saying some wild stuff sometimes. So I, I would love but to hear this. He definitely, I would like to hear who they who they put over Melo because this this is gonna be comical. It's <laughs> gonna be I, real comical. Come on. I think if we see the list and it's voted on and it comes out during the week, you will definitely hear from us <laughs> if if Melo is not uh not Izzy, up there, if not number one on the list. Is he but no. um King uh, and don't uh, nobody list? Stop. But but Stop. from from Mello from Mello, um, it was. Uh, hold on one second, Dre. If you have a moment, uh, I'm trying to pull up the actual graphic here. I believe Jokic is on the list. Um, no, it was on the graph. On, it was just the graphic. It's on the graphic. Yeah, it's just the graphic. But I think yeah. Jokic, Jokic is on the list. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are talking about the fact that you know a lot of people were tweeting about how uh, it's just uh, disrespectful. Uh, it is. Mello. It is. Oh, here it goes. It's uh, Jokic, uh, Mitch Richmond, uh, Dikembe Mutombo, Chauncey oh, Billups, and I am completely yeah. blanking on the fifth guy on that list. Was that Sharif Adu-Rahu? I believe it might be. I believe or, it might um, be. Chris Jack- or Chris Jackson. No, Chris Jackson probably won't be up there. Yeah, no. So but, I, know, um, I know that... Uh, the four that I mentioned definitely, uh, but I, I can't. I'm blanking on that fifth player, and I apologize. And then, so the Blazers, the Blazers decided to play along and uh, made their own graphic that said, "Let's hear it for uh, who's your favorite Blazer of all time." And they put uh, Bill Walton, Brandon Roy, uh, Dame Lillard, and they put Mello on their graphic. Crazy, crazy. We're gonna get into that later on in the week if we see it. We definitely will. Um, going on from it will it probably will be so going from uh, Mello to LeBron. Oh man, we were supposed to talk about this in the middle of the week, but um, I'm glad we have more time to really think about this. Um, so an article by Deadspin, I believe, dot com. Yes, basically made an article thrashing LeBron's legacy because of his trip to Miami, his little college trip to Miami. Let's call it that because that's how I see it, right? You know, that's um, a, a, a trip. 
It was a college strip. It was it was four years. But they put all right. the superstars okay. in one city. Regardless, on regardless of what they did, regardless of what they yeah, did for for the for that team. Um, <laughs> um Matt, I'm gonna start with you. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Did, did, even though LeBron has won four championships by now, do those two – did him going to Miami mess up the NBA or tarnish his legacy? I'm giving you both questions. LeBron has nothing to do with the NBA being the way that it is in the sense of it being messed up. The rule changes is what messed it up. The, the the softness in the league to where everything is within doubt is what messed up the league. LeBron is a competitor and he did he did what any smart, intelligent player did and, and, and would do. Kevin Durant has done it since then and I think honestly Giannis is probably going to end up doing it next season. But he looked for a better situation where he can win a championship. Now, did I agree with it when it happened? No, I did not because I it ultimately you took away the competition element by joining up with Dwayne Wade, who I feel like is one of the best players that I've ever watched in my life. Because I, I respect Dwayne Wade and what he's accomplished in his in his career in Miami. So ultimately, is it tarnished? No. I, I don't like I don't like even bringing up the fact that anybody tarnished anything. Like he did mm-hmm. what what players have been doing and coaches have been doing for as long as I can remember. Even not even in the NBA, he joined up with excellent talent, won a championship. Y'all wouldn't change. Y'all wouldn't like fix your face for it in, in, in high school and college. Why are you doing it now? Because the NBA and there's more money on the line. It's it's stupid. I don't know. He didn't. Him going to Miami did not tarnish his legacy or nothing. He won two rings out there. And 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 I'm not going to say, like, I, I really don't care for the OKC win, but they got more of my respect in that San Antonio series. So, I, I like I said, it's, it, it's, just, it's just fans being fans. Like, they need something to argue about. They need something to, to, to clown them about. Again, I don't not like LeBron. I respect that man. To the utmost, I do. What he does on the court is phenomenal. You, you hardly ever hear somebody that's six nine that can guard all five positions, can play point guard. He his shooting is spotty, but what can you do if he if he takes that second step and get past you? Granted, he's going to walk. He's going to travel to the basket. They never call it, but it is what it is. There you but go. Get out the way. He's there gonna he's go. gonna kill you. Tell you, I'm not gonna go like I said, I, I'm not gonna glorify go. him like y'all are. So it's not fighting no, him. It's not Tay, you Tay, you 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 piggyback off that. Um is it like I said, his like is his legacy tarnished and did he mess up the league? I mean, I wasn't a fan of the Miami move when it happened. And I'll be honest, because one thing about me, I'm not a I'm not a Miami Heat fan, never been a Miami Heat fan, never will be a Miami Heat fan, even though I love the city of Miami. Um, do I feel that it tarnishes his legacy? No. Do I feel like he was given the keys in Cleveland his first run to win a championship? Also, no. You get what I'm saying? And I also feel that 
the Boston Celtics kind of did it first. It's just the Miami Heat did it better. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And then the Golden State Warriors did it best. So it's a at the end of the day, I feel like the league was changing already. Um, mm. Do I feel that what was the second question? Did it, did it ruin the league? No. Mm-hmm. I feel like the league was going that direction anyway, especially the transition of power between David Stern, rest in peace, and um, Adam Silver. So mm-hmm. I feel like with more realization of how to maintain an athlete's body and preserve him for years to come, you know what I'm saying? Those type of conversations started to kind of take hold as far as professional athleticism. So, yeah, they were making changes to kind of elongate some of these guys' careers. You get what I'm saying? So, no, I don't think LeBron – I think LeBron influences the league's culture. But do I feel that he's influenced the league? No. Okay. Pete? This is a tough one for me. It really is. And, I'm, and you know, this is and, – and the problem with talking about legacies – Right. The problem with talking about legacies is that we're always doing the whole comparison thing. So I want to take for a moment this story. And I know Tay and Matt didn't say it, but I just want to make sure that our fans understand. We're not talking about comparing LeBron's legacy with anyone else. This isn't a GOAT discussion or anything like that. That discussion could be had for days. Right. But I do have to include a little bit of that in this to make my point. Oh, boy. Here's the thing. No, no, no. Here's what I mean by that. I'm using it only for comparison's sake. I'm not going into a GOAT argument. I think a lot of this has to do with generational differences, right? I think a lot of us grew up – a lot of us were growing up as young kids in a very different NBA. Uh, Our parents, our our elders watched a very different NBA where player movement was not regular. You did not see free agency like we see it now. You didn't see – players having the kind of agency that they have now. Um, and so because of that, the NBA is much different, even even much different from what it was in Jordan's era, right? Um, but when people talk about LeBron's legacy, here's my thing. His legacy is what it is. So do I think it's tarnished? No, because his moves made his legacy, right? Um, do I think his legacy then stacks? With a lot of other people, that's where the argument really goes because mm-hmm. the, there's, there is a uh, from that Deadspin article. I want to quote it for a minute. Uh, the cool part about the NBA, the cool part about the NBA was that teams had to usually fight and claw their way to a title. There was a road, though, a process that often had many disappointments along the way. But that's what made it special. It made it special when you saw the bad boy Pistons finally get past the juggernaut that was the Boston Celtics and start winning their own title. The same with Jordan and the Bulls. They've had to get past Detroit and Boston, and that's why it's why it was thrilling. Mm-hmm. Many thought Jordan was a great player, but many this is a, this is a long that's a long quote from a bullshit article. Excuse my language, because at the end of the day, the, the no there was no adversity for the Bulls. Uh, uh, no, here's the There's thing. Adversity. I'm, okay, I'm gonna. T- but I'm not talking about Tay. I've been peaceful this whole time, but that's hey, great hey, It's hey. stupid. You're assuming that I'm talking about. You're assuming that I'm talking about one thing when I'm talking about something else. No. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, no. Because I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about three P Jordan. I'm not talking about double three P Jordan. No. I'm talking about a point that you've made many times. Many people forget. 
many people forget when they remember when they when people only like to remember a piece of Jordan's legacy. People forget that when he was drafted, it took him seven years to win his first title. You brought this up on this show. It took him yeah. seven years to win his first championship. He got yeah. the f down for seven yeah. years. There were many people, many people who believed Jordan would never win a championship. Right. Then he did. Then he won six of them. And you're right. You're right. When he won his six, when he did his two three-peats, the, we could make the argument and you would be well served to make the argument that the adversity wasn't as hard as many people thought it was or make it out to be. And I'm not saying that. What I'm talking about is that seven years that he didn't win the championship. But what did this have to do with LeBron changing the Jordan, Jordan. As much as we may hate the next guy I'm going to name, Jordan had, Jordan had Jerry Krause and Jordan had Jerry Reinsdorf, who were willing to make moves to make that team 100%. what it needed to be in 100%. order for Jordan to win the titles that he did there. Right? In, in Cleveland, as Tay brought up a little earlier, yeah. LeBron did not have an ownership group and a general mm-hmm. manager who were willing to make the moves that would bring him the players that he wants. So do I Shout blame, out to Rich Paul. Right? Do I blame LeBron? Right? Do I blame LeBron for moving to Miami? I don't blame him for making the move because I understand why he wanted to make the move. But I think the reason why a lot of people really knock it down is because unlike the Celtics. You didn't see Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and all of them talking about how, yo, let's go make these moves in order for us to play together. Everyone knew that Garnett wanted out of Minnesota, and Danny Ainge made the trade. It could have been any team that got Minis- that got Garnett from Minnesota. It just, happened. Almost did. it just happened to be the Celtics. Ray Allen got in got involved, and he just happened to end up on the Celtics. What I think screws LeBron over a lot of times when people talk about this is the fact that it was widely known that they were trying to conspire to play together on the same team. And here's where I think everything gets a little messed up as well. Had LeBron brought Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to Cleveland, I don't think this conversation ever happens. Because I, I think because I think if I he brings them to Cleveland and they win the titles in Cleveland that they won in Miami, people will always talk about LeBron the same way they talk about Jordan. People wanted to play with LeBron. They went to Cleveland to play with LeBron. Remember, as Tay said, there was a time when no one wanted to play in Chicago. Right, so and Jordan had to create that. But at the end of the, but at the end of the day, that's that's it. I get what your your point is. I'm not disagreeing with your point at all. It's the fact from the article skews the point. You know what I'm saying? The 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 quote from the article skews the point. Because at the end of the day, like I've said, and you guys heard me say it several times, mm-hmm. right? LeBron didn't have the pieces that he needed in Cleveland. And I do agree with you. If they would have brought this person over and that person over, it would we would have been having this conversation now. Right. But why are why the why did the Cavaliers ownership deserve LeBron's loyalty like that? No, I'm not saying they did. I'm not saying they did. And and that's why I said I understand why LeBron left. I understand one thousand percent why LeBron left. He needed to do what he needed to do, but right. I think that again, it's that idea of generational differences. People right. are used to seeing that that player 
slog through and fight and fight and break through that brick wall and have to go through all the beatdowns and get players to come over like, yo, I need, I need some help, right? What LeBron did was he said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to put the chips in the place that I want to put the chips in. I'm going to set up the team the way I want it set up. And I'm just going to browbeat everybody, which is why I think a lot of people also laugh at LeBron because he only won uh, two. Uh, he only won two out of those four finals. A lot of people browbeat him because they're like, "Wait a minute! You then you decided you wanted to stack the deck, and you didn't even get what you wanted. You didn't get your four titles. You went to four NBA finals, but you lost two of them. So na 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 na. How does it feel now? Because you stacked the deck and still lost. Because everybody figured, oh, he stacked the deck." And now you're seeing a lot of teams otherwise do it. Listen, I don't respect what – I don't like what Durant did. I understand why he did it. He's free to move wherever he wants. I don't like that, that LeBron went to Miami and stacked the deck. But he's free to do whatever he wants. And he went back to Cleveland and he won them a title. But the fact well, is we grew up in an NBA where mm-hmm. players played for one team most of their careers. And when they played for other teams because they were old or they were traded against mm-hmm. their will, it was the end of their career. We Shout grew up Patrick in Right, we grew up with those kinds of legacies, and to us, those kinds of legacies got put on a pedestal. And with LeBron, it, it became skewed. Well, with that being said, again, um, do you, my question again to you, Pete, real quick: Did he mess up the league, or did he not? I think he, I think he changed a lot of things in the league, and we're going to see a lot of this happening more often where players are going to be creating uh-huh. their own super teams. But I think, as what Tay said, I think in a way, slightly, the league was moving that way because we've seen players get more powerful as the years have gone on in terms of deciding where they want to go. But I think LeBron broke it open earlier than I think it would have happened had he not made the move to Miami. Got you. Got you. That was great, guys. That was great. That was great. Because that debate can go on forever in a day. But I think you guys hit some pretty good nails on, on, on this point right here. So um, going from that to um, – we got to bring it to the table, y'all. We got to bring it to the table before we leave here. So um, everybody has a minute to bring something to the table that they want to speak about. Pete, can we? Just, I, I know you're gonna start with me. Can we start with somebody else? Because I was gonna, I was changing my topic, and then this last idea just skewed me up a little bit. Cool. So I gotta, I gotta get my notes back in my head. No problem. BK Matt, you're up. Bring it to the table. I'm gonna start with Kyrie Irving. No, I'm talking. <laughs> 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 no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Uh, I just wanted to bring up. Uh, I know we covered wrestling and everything, but I wanted to um, bring up AEW Dynamite. Uh, I thought it was for it to be its one year anniversary. I was um, optimistic. Uh, the Cody and MJ and, and the Cody and um, Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. match was lit. I hated that it ended the way that it did, but it made me even more like looking forward to what's going to come out of that with the addition of Darby Allen. It was a dope match. I didn't understand why he went dark hair and then went back blonde. I was kind of hoping maybe Pete can explain that, but um, yeah, I didn't get that aspect, but dynamite is like, I know like randomly I would probably shit on dynamite most of the time because I just don't understand some of the logic in their storylines, but it was an okay show. 
I wasn't I wasn't thoroughly impressed, but Orange Cassidy is a star. Cody is I feel like for Cody to be getting this Triple H rep, I feel like he's just as good as what Triple H brings to the table in the ring. In the ring, Tavia. In the ring. I feel like Cody needs I hate to how y'all talk to me sometimes. Like, because you be making these face expressions like I didn't say anything. I'd be like, oh Tavia. I think Cody is really, really good, and nobody really gives him the respect that he deserves. Like, granted, he's like an old soul when he wrestles for some reason. He's like every bit of his damn father. But I really do. I, I really I gained a lot more respect for Cody in that in that match with the story that he told with Orange Cassidy. So I'll bring that to the table. Um Tavia, 60 seconds. Bring it to the I table. Had, well, no, I always keep my bring it to the table short, so don't even play with me. Mine's no, like, I'm not. I'm just saying it. I'm not saying I'm not I've saying been calling y'all and y'all like taking me out my element. But anyway. Just tell for her 60 seconds. Terms, my, what I'd like to bring to the table is terms that I'd like to retire. Right? Mm-hmm. Things that I'd like to retire in the sports world. When we say mm-hmm. stuff like bailing superstars out. It's a team game. You get what I'm saying? Like y'all all being paid big money. It's not as if like you know, um, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, was bailing out LeBron James on a different team. That's different. Y'all all we forget that basketball and stuff is a team sport. Yeah, there's some superstars, but it's a team sport. Second thing, a, a term I hate with a passion: casual fans. I hate that term. Anytime somebody invests even an hour of their time into a product, you're disrespectful by calling them a casual. Boom. Number three, stop calling nerdy, intellectual black men homosexual. Woo! I hate those things when they talk about people like the New Day. You get what I'm saying? They, well, they got to be hood and thug to, to make an impact. I'm checking that off. Another thing I kind of want to kind of, um, two more things I kind of want to ramble out. Um, people who didn't watch Jordan play really live talk about that he's the GOAT because of his sneakers. That's something I kind of want to, yeah. There's some people who were born like 2003 saying that Jordan was the best player in the NBA and only watched little clips on YouTube. Like, that, that's whack. And then the last thing that I rounded off with is mansplaining. I'm here because I understand sports. I love sports and I watch sports. So if I make a face or anything like that, that's not because I don't understand what's going on. It's because what I think what you're saying is bullshit. <laughs> And that's it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming to my pet talk. I just oh, want to say I was, I was born in 1987, and I thought Bill Russell was the greatest player I'd ever seen. <laughs> Did everybody say that, right? I scored Jordan. Play. Right? I don't feel nobody right. say that. Uh, that man, no, I, I agree with you, say, yeah. I mean, we all True. did. Um, so thank you. Thank y'all took it personal, and it wasn't a personal I'm not, It's a joke. I'm not old, y'all. I know how old y'all is. Um, well, Tay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, um, Pete, Tay. Thank you for bringing it to the table, Pete. Sixty uh, seconds. W- bring it to the yeah, table. So, 
so we we talked a lot about we talked last week about giving people their roses while they're still here, and something came across my table this week that I think needs to be really really brought up. It's not talked about enough. Uh, I give you two superstars in basketball. Both of them have played seventeen seasons. Both of them have won four championships. One made thirty seven point four million. The other made two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. That's LeBron James and Sue Bird. The WNBA does not get as much respect as it should. The athletes of the WNBA bust their behind and work just as hard as the men in the NBA. There are less opportunities for women in the NBA. I get it. The television contracts aren't as big, but we need to promote the WNBA. We need to get them on TV more. We need more fans going to their games when games come back to having fans at these games. Because I've watched some WNBA games, and these women can Play. I've always said one of my dreams is to have like an interest squad with the WNBA and NBA players just having fun in an exhibition game. Because I think some of these WNBA women will really surprise some of these male chauvinist basketball fans who think just the WNBA is women playing ball, right? But Sue Bird has played 17 seasons in the Seattle Storm, won her fourth NBA championship at the end of this last season, made only $215,000 in salary, and only got an $11,500 bonus for winning the 2020 finals compared to LeBron James, who I get it winning $37.4 million in, in 2020 salary and a $370,000 bonus for winning. The, his bonus for winning the finals was was bigger than Subert's salary plus bonus for the whole season. The WNBA needs to get some respect put on its name. Its athletes need to be paid better because they're putting in just as much work as NBA male players. And that is me bringing it to the table. Shout thank out you. to Piff. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing it to the table. And um, just for me, um, I'm going to start with a quote by Dr. Seuss, right? What? Be who you are. Listen, be who you are. Stay, say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. This has been the theme of this year, um, especially for, for me, right? I think just in, in general, people need to understand that it is okay to be yourself. Uh, and it's okay to be 100% genuinely yourself. Don't try to conform, conform yourself to be somebody else's standards, uh, whether it be beauty standards, um, how you act as a person, um, just in general. People need to understand that it is okay to be yourself. Um and don't go against that. People who love you will love you for you. People who don't won't. And that's really all that matters in the world. And that is just me bringing it to the table. So his green eggs and ham analogy. I don't with it. What? Anyway, um, guys, 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 this was a great episode. Definitely, really good episode. Um, shout out to Job Tears Network. They are doing the Hell in the Cell funeral party on the twenty fifth. Um, it's a costume party. Come out in a costume. Um, we will still be practicing social distancing there. So please make sure um, that you do it. Um, we will be taking your temperatures at the door. Um, Shouts to the rest of the Job Tears Network, Job Tears Podcast, Two and a Half Bros, um, us here at the Eurosport Show. Shouts to everybody. Um, well, I was going to say, oh, next week, next Sunday, before we even go to um, the party, me and Matt will be hosting uh, one of our favorite people in who's in the comment section, uh, Sadiq. 
on, I can't, uh, I can't curse, right? I'm about to no. get in that. I'm about to get in <laughs> all of what is um, over. I'm letting y'all know so, now, I'm not sugarcoating nothing. It's so, going down. He's so, all this smoke. So, Yo. make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, Dre, why Matt, why Matt reminded me of the old of the old barber in the barbershop of coming to America? It's going down. It's going down. He you see all that the- shit that he talking? I'm not supposed to curse. You see all that stuff he's talking in the comments? It's over. Um, Any of y'all think I can come bust in the comments? I'm coming for you. Anyway, regardless, regardless of Matt saying, we love everybody who comments, uh, gives us positive and negative feedback. Um, so, no, I don't love everybody in the comments. I don't love everybody in the comments. I'm crazy. They getting, they getting, they getting the smoke. It's over, boy. I'm unfiltered. I'm unfiltered. It's a wrap next Sunday. Four. Wildest. All that. Bring it. I want. All right, so for the queen, Queen Tay, <laughs> for the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado, for BK Matt, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace. You're. Me and my mic again, we're going to fight. <laughs>